What's going on, everyone? Welcome to Season Gaming BitCast, episode 133. It is a very, very nice Saturday morning here, holiday weekend in the U.S., uh, and we've got two international guests with us, too, that don't celebrate Thanksgiving, so we're going to skip right over that. But uh, I'm going <laughs> to... Dan, you didn't change your name. What are you doing? Yeah, well, wait a minute. Hold on. Like, to hell with you, people in chat. <laughs> <laughs> I, I haven't you, gotten guys. to them yet. Yeah, okay. That's fine. No, you're right. I totally freaking forgot about that. That's yeah. terrible of me. Terrible. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll change it here in a second. I got oh, you. I'm watching. I'm yeah. Watching. Hey, real quick question: If I unmute my mic manually during the intro, can I like scream something and people would hear it? I, I don't. I haven't tried it. Let's, try not, that next let's week. not do that. Yeah. Next let's week. Not do that. All right. <laughs> anyway, how you doing, man? Dan. I'm, I'm good. I'm got a turkey going. Ready to go, man. Second Thanksgiving. Second Thanksgiving. We do nice. it twice. Nice. Nothing wrong world. with that. Nothing yeah. wrong with that. All right. And joining us all the way from Germany, uh, a regular here on the Big Cast. Actually, I think uh, between you and Luke, you've probably been on more than anyone else, uh, is Archimedes. Uh, you know him as a Boxenberger, and I know our audience knows him well. How are you doing, sir? Thank you. I'm doing great. Um, it's really been a while, I think two months now or so since I've been on the show. So yeah. I'm ready to talk. Nice. Nice. Yeah, looking forward to it. And then join us for the first time. Uh, a regular round here, uh, friends of the show over at Game On Daily. Um, you know him well, I'm sure, as well, is Asa. How are you doing, man? Chilling in the uh, Sea of Thieves bar there, little fire, little beer? Absolutely. All I've got behind me in real life is a plain green screen. But no, yeah, no, I'm doing good. Um, I think, as you know, I, I like to come in here and chill out for an hour or two before um, before the Game On Daily show every week. So where I pick up my topics from. Like, listen to you and Dan. <laughs> Those could be easy. Get the good information, take it along, and uh, sound like I'm clever on our show. So. <laughs> Copy and paste like the the show. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so now what I'm going to start doing is is providing false rumors on this show and see if they show up on your show. You know, in fact, we'll see what happens. So, no, it's good, man. Uh, glad to finally have you on. I know, um, yeah, for everyone who's watching, um, as always, uh, Game On show is directly after ours. So if uh, you're, you're in that mood for some Saturday gaming chatter, you're stopping by, make sure you catch both of them. So, but thanks for coming, man. Really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, so we've got a good show. I see everyone's in chat. What's going on, everyone? So we, uh, we've got a few things to talk about. I think, um, you know, to, uh, Archimedes, you've been on uh, plenty of times. But Asa, really quick, before we get in, I uh, always like to touch on some things. So can you quickly um, just tell us about uh, Game On, first of all. Uh, let's start there. And then we'll kind of just quickly touch on your gaming history as well and what got you into kind of the industry and the love of gaming. Uh-huh. Um, no, not quickly. I can't. But yeah, I'll give it a go. I'll give it a go. Um, so yeah, Game On Daily is... First and foremost, I guess it's a website, um, but it is our, our aim and kind of mission statement is um, is to be a real kind of positive force within the, the gaming community. So bringing together content creators and the people that are looking for their content. And obviously we've got the, the YouTube channel as well. Um, and we are about 10% of the way through everything we intend to do with that at the moment. So there's a whole load of stuff that it will entail in future. Um, if you haven't already had a look, then please do take a look at the website and take a look at the YouTube channel because we put quite a lot of effort into it and it is a nice place to go. Me, myself, personally, um, I guess I would have started gaming back around, I don't want to say, let's pretend I'm really young. Should we go Dreamcast? No, it was, um, it was you, Mega Drive. You, you don't Sega have to worry Genesis. with Dan and I on here. You're fine. <laughs> <laughs> the, um, Sega Genesis was probably where I started. So Sonic okay. 2 was the first game that really kind of caught my imagination it wasn't the first game i ever played I had um had an atari st as well okay but it was sonic 2 that really got me into it and then i followed through 
all of the, particularly the Sega and the PlayStation consoles, controversially never really got into Nintendo too much. Um, okay. But yeah, follow that through to the Dreamcast, onto PC gaming. Now I play everything from from those to virtual reality, which I'm a big fan of. So. Nice. Okay. Mm. All right. So uh, Half-Life Alex, we haven't talked about it much here because neither Dan or I have played it. You played it, I assume? I have played it. I've not finished it. I've actually got, um, so I don't know if you're aware, but there's a new uh, HP Reverb headset. So a really nice, visually clear headset that's yeah. due to arrive in the next couple of weeks for me. So I'm saving that one up to play. I've done Excellent. the opening couple of hours and it's a wonderful game. Okay. Not necessarily as wonderful as the the Walking Dead Saints and Sinners, which I also very really? much enjoyed. But, hmm. Okay. Well, we'll have to talk offline because that's interesting. Uh, I don't not too into VR, but I am fascinated by the tech and kind of the advances. So, um, yeah, mm-hmm. I've heard nothing but amazing things about Half-Life. So, pretty cool. All right. Um, Dan, there was something else I was going to ask you. Now I forget. Oh, your uh, what's your favorite game of all time? Put you on the spot. That was a Dan or was that me? No, that's you. I'm sorry. Is it no, you? I'm sorry. I thought, I thought you aimed that down my face. <laughs> no, we, we kind of cover this with new guests all the time. Oh, I was sitting here thinking, oh, Dan's got this on the spot now. And you just stay quiet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, that's, that's my normal blank stare. Favorite game of all time? I have no idea. That's that's like a really obvious question. Um, you have a series? The ones that, yeah. So the ones that have kind of had the most influence on me in terms of what I play would be yeah. um, Quake 3 Arena. Okay. and fantasy star online nice. i wouldn't necessarily say that either of them are still my favorite game but they're the ones that were kind of pivotal in, in my tastes as it were so those, are, on both, those are both dreamcast online games did you play those on dreamcast the- online games and i hopped from those over to the pc and really yeah. explored the world of online from there okay um, some obscure games along the way that most people probably haven't heard of but <laughs> yeah right. that's awesome too <laughs> <laughs> no that's cool i was a huge pso player on dreamcast and quake and nfl and yeah i mean i i was on dreamcast online every day i just love that revolution it was like a revolution when it you know first happened before xbox live was around so uh awesome well cool man let's um so thanks for joining let's go ahead and get into some of these topics so i want to start with um the success of the uh, xbox series uh x and s and playstation 5 launches what we're seeing out of that and then also, you know, Phil Spencer did a big uh, interview with The Verge this week, talking with Tom Warren, and some of his comments have kind of spread around. So I want to uh, I want to touch on that. So first of all, um, in case you had any doubt about the growth of the industry, and especially in this year with the pandemic globally, um, you know, how many more people are gaming, is that both the Xbox uh, between Series X and S and PlayStation uh, developed more consoles or produced, I guess is a better word, uh, more consoles than they ever had at launch. And both of them broke their prior, uh, you know, brand records for sales out of the gate. So right now, just based on estimates, because, you know, Xbox doesn't share exact numbers and things, but just in the first week, it looks like combined, they've sold over 4 million units. Um, And keep in mind, right, that uh, the delayed launch of the PlayStation 5 across Europe, which we were just talking to Archimedes about, um, has had an impact there as well. So we're talking about, you know, before the end of 2020, um, they they will have already sold several million units and demand is still far outstripping supply, right? There's still a lot of people who want these consoles who can't get them. Um, So the first thing I just wanted to hear from, and and Archimedes, feel free to rant a little bit about your PlayStation 5 or lack (laughs) of uh, experience so far. But, um, you know, 
do you guys have any comments on just these kind of sales or anything to do with, uh, you know, the demand of these consoles? Do you think this was fully expected by these companies? Or do you think even with demand being so high, this is still higher than, you know, they would have figured it would have been? So Archimedes, I'll start with you, man. Yeah, well, I think um, that they expected this kind of demand. Um, I mean, they have seen the growth of the industry over the last years. They have seen how um, how many gamers wanted to get um, gaming systems during lockdown <laughs> and so on. So I think gaming has been bigger than ever before, and I did do think that they expected it. What I didn't plan for is the whole logistics around the globe with COVID now. Um, that's definitely something that they didn't plan for, but I think the demand is not surprising. And I mean, it's been the same with every console launch. I remember that the PlayStation 4, it, it, it also launched in November back in, the, in 2013, and it wasn't available in regular stores until April or May. Uh, the next year so wow. okay. um i would be surprised if that's any different uh this time around um but i'm happy that that it's that it that it that console gaming is still this relevant because uh <laughs> like for 15 years now or so we hear console gaming is dead uh, and it's obviously not the case and that makes me really happy and um, I mean, it, it's been a fun time seeing all these gamers on, on social media enjoying their new consoles. Um, yeah, um, nothing surprising for me, but I'm glad that they are both successful. That's what, what the industry needs. Yeah, for those who missed it, uh, I completely agree. And for those who missed it, we were talking prior. So Archimedes, you uh, pre-ordered a PlayStation 5 from yeah. one of the biggest outlets in Germany. Uh, paid for in full, you said. Yeah, uh, and yet here we are, November nineteenth. So you're nine days post launch, and you still don't have a delivery date uh, or the PS5. Yeah, it's um, it's really it gets to my nerves <laughs> right now because um, I pre-ordered back in September when the when the pre-order started, and they gave at uh, it's called Media Markt. Um, yeah, I mean every everyone in Europe knows Media Markt. They have stores all across Europe, um, basically in every major city, thousands of stores. It's not a, a small retailer. I always say it's basically the best buy of, of Europe. Yeah, and um, yeah, they make you pay full price up front within three days. So I did that, of course, and now I'm I'm still waiting for my console. But the thing is, it's it's happened to thousands of customers. There's really a shitstorm going on here <laughs> across Europe. Um, and there is the customer protection agency uh, in Germany that they and they are already investigating uh, a lawsuit because it's actually illegal to charge you up front and then um, not deliver uh, the product. Yeah. But the worst thing for me is how they handle that whole situation. And um, because when you call customer support, um, they hang up on you with the words, we don't answer any questions regarding the PlayStation 5. Click. Wow. And <laughs> so it's been the last time that they will see any money from my side, um, <laughs> obviously. Um, uh, but yeah, that that's a little drawback, but that's not on Sony in this case. Um, no. uh, or Microsoft, I've seen something similar happen um, to some some people who pre-ordered the, the Xbox. That's just greedy retailers that sold more units than were available. Um, and that's really a shame because this really takes away a lot of the excitement um, <laughs> that you, yeah. you, you have for, for the new systems. But yeah, other that's... than that, um, I'm... 
yeah, and I'm I'm not canceling that pre-order because, like I said, uh, I remember all too well the situation in 2013 and 14. Um, although I still hope that I will get my console eventually, but if I pre cancel the pre-order, I won't get one before April or May next year. That's just the reality of it, especially for the PlayStation, since the PlayStation is so so much more successful here in Europe um, yeah. um, than than the Xbox in Germany. It regularly outsells the the Xbox five to one, six to one, and so somewhere in that ballpark. And so it'll be really tough to get a PlayStation around here in the next couple of months. Man, yeah, that's brutal. I mean, over here, um, you know, Amazon is kind of in that boat. They sold just way too many, and there's people still waiting on their Series Xs and PlayStation fives. But in the U.S., yeah. <laughs> it's just gonna happen. <laughs> You'll just wait. There's no, there's yeah. no consumer protection group that's got a lawsuit and will be uh, taking care of that for you. Um, but yeah, that's that's a shame, man. So I hope you get it sooner rather than later. Um, let yeah. me get to some of these super chats real quick. So Mo, Mo, sure. you're always here, man. I hope you have a great show, boys. Aces background making me feel all warm and fuzzy. It's doing the same for me, honestly. I love it. <laughs> not, that's not real fire. Yeah. I'm gonna have to make it the uh, the big cast full background behind us, where we're just sitting in front of the fireplace yeah. every week. <laughs> Gaz mm -hmm. follows up. What's up, Gaz? Mo, making me feel naughty. <laughs> oh man, you guys are off and running already. Thank you very much, Gaz. Appreciate it, mate. And Darge, I haven't seen Darge in a while. Happy Saturday, people. Great panel for the show. Double helpings of Asa for me today. Oh, oh. <laughs> now we're talking. <laughs> Darge, appreciate it, man. Good to see you. Wait, Gat. Oh, I thought this was the same super chat, Gas. You can put it all to one, man. Love the show and panel. Hi, Asa. I'm using company funds for the super chat, by the way. We run out of cash. <laughs> Dan does the same yep, with our SJ funds, man. Yeah. Every time, you know, the shows are running, I just see super chats and yeah, he does the same thing. So. Yep. Thank you guys very much. Uh, greatly appreciate it. So um, guys, any thoughts on, uh, you know, do you have a, for, let's start there. Do you have a Series X and PS5? Do you have neither? Where are you at on those? And, and what are your thoughts so far of what you've seen with this launch? I said gas. I was up late. Apologies. <laughs> so I do. I've got the three of them. So the um, the PlayStation 5 Digital Edition, I've got the Series X and I've got the Series S. The Series S is partly a Christmas present for the kids, but partly I've been using it for some testing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but there we go. It um, still works. Yeah, it still yeah. works. It still works. Um, I've had so, so little time to actually use them. I've been putting together for the last week or so a video. Um, and all I've been playing is Marvel's Avengers because that's the, the, the subject of the video. So okay. I played on the PlayStation 5, I have played through Astro's Playroom and, and got a sense of the controller that everyone's talking about. Um, on the Series X, I played a bit, um, again, mostly backward compatible stuff. I played a bit of Dirt 5. We had our, our interview with David Springer yeah, yeah, um, yeah. a couple of weeks ago. So I played a bunch of Dirt 5 to make sure I was um, keeping up with what was going on there. And that's a good game as well. Um, and yeah, some backwards compatible attack on Titan. But apart from that, I don't feel like I've um, I've got the big talking points, the Spider-Man, the Demon Souls. I know you've been playing a bit of Demon Souls on. Twitch. Yeah, yeah, amazing. Yeah, it's all it's all still there for me in the next week or so. <laughs> okay, yeah, trying to get through some work. It sounds like, huh? Mm -hmm. So, Dan, I know we've touched on this before, so I'll move right into uh, the the comments or, or the comment I wanted to touch on, which I think is going to be covered by a lot of shows and and sites. It was. But Phil Spencer did this interview with The Verge and Tom Warren, like I said. And, you know, as always, Phil is a uh, 
he's a very well-spoken uh, man. I love his thoughts on the industry and how he kind of approaches the industry. I've always appreciated that. And, uh, you know, in, in no uh, in no short words, really, here, he called out those who really are, are, you know, for lack of a better word, toxic or who really kind of stoked the fires of the this mythical imaginary war between these platforms. Um, and his actual quote was, um, you know, he was kind of talking about this tribalism within the industry and people who focus on one platform and really put down the other. And he said there's a core that just really hates the other consumer product. Man, that's just so off-putting to me. To me, it's one of the worst things about our industry. Um, now, it goes without saying, if you're watching this show and you follow Season Gaming, you, you, you know we've spoken about this many, many, many times. Um, but I, I love hearing Phil say this because the sad fact of the matter is, whether it's Xbox or PlayStation or even Nintendo, right, um, you do have these core groups that act like that. Um, and I think the most bizarre thing for me, and I'll hear your guys' thoughts on it, but the most bizarre thing for me is that there's so many people out there uh, on the Xbox side, if you want to call a side, um, who who do this stuff on a daily basis and start, you know, stuff. They act as new, the worst of the people who act as neutrals, but really aren't. Um, and they do all this stuff, and yet they'll quote Phil Spencer all the time and completely ignore this comment of his, right? And then just continue doing it. Um, so that just drives me crazy. But I, in my opinion, it was great to hear Phil say this. I think we need to hear more from leaders in the industry on this um, just to shut it down. So, Dan, any comments on this? Yeah, you know, to build off of your, you know, this is going to probably piss people off. But maybe don't let your VPs onto certain shows that have either promoted that kind of tribalism or... <laughs> have used that tribalism to get where they are and now are neutral. Sorry. You know what? Hate me, Xbox guys. I, I really don't give a shit. That blows my mind. You know, you, you know, and, and you know, to be fair, you know, Phil, I've always liked Bill. He's a nice guy. Knows his shit. You know, always super friendly to, to people on Twitter. But, I mean, it's kind of Pot calling the kettle black, right? I mean, that's it, you, you can't come out against this shit and then also allow your employees to jump on certain podcasts to, you know, that maybe not now, but have in the past promoted this kind of stuff. And, you know, it, it just drives me crazy. It's, it's, it's just, there's a level of hypocrisy there. That's, yeah. And that's, and, but to his actual point, he's 100% right. We deal with it all the damn time drives me crazy that's why i don't follow anybody anymore <laughs> you know and it's not it's not even like i said before it's not because that person is necessarily a, a bad person it's because you know they say things that are going to get a reaction from the other side they say things that you know they know what they're doing that's how you get your clicks that they know that kind of stuff so yeah. that's gonna immediately make all the idiots jump on there and complain about it. And that's what you're bringing. So I just, you know, you, you got to cut the head, you know, the, the head off, you know, it's, it's, it's just, no, I'm, I'm done. I'm done with this. this kind You of know, thing. we're not on the grinding gear section, right? Yes. Okay. But this is a very <laughs> solid place to give my, you <laughs> just know, warmed my, up. Fiery, my fiery take. <laughs> Sorry, Phil. I love you, but you know, that's where it needs to start. You know, set an example. If you're going to come out and say this kind of stuff, don't allow that kind of shit to happen anymore because you know, I mean, I understand it's very community friendly and it's awesome. And I wish Sony would do it more, 
to, you know, maybe podcasts that aren't so one-sided or cause so many issues. I mean, it's the same names we see over and over and over again, you know, I so. I think Fastback has a point. Yes. <laughs> I will beat the shit out of them if I ever see them. Like just, that's, that's, all right, that's, all right. Here's Calm my down. superpower. I just Calm. wanted to like smack people. <laughs> like, like, just walk. That, that, that's what I want to do. Just be able to, what is wrong with you? idiots let's so, get back okay. to, to matt's point here Bless all right yeah but yeah cool man. phil you're awesome that? <laughs> oh my god there's so many comments yeah mo as mo said ps5 is crashing and burning everywhere they're broken it's they're everywhere. all broken um so <laughs> so archimedes let me uh hear your Sorry thoughts I lost on this any and, fans <laughs> no we, My bad. We, we don't hold back so no. let's hear your thoughts on uh on this i mean you know i there, i don't think there's a whole lot to dive into here everyone talks about this pretty frequently but you know any open thoughts on on phil's interview or the comments here no i'm i'm right there with dan um i mean it, it's good to hear uh that he feels similar uh than than we do uh I mean, it, it, these these fanboy wars it, it are the things that really take away the fun of gaming. Uh, I mean, I'm we are all active in the in the gaming community because we love games and we we enjoy them and we like to talk about them. And whenever you do that, um, someone tries to just rob you of your of your fun and your experience, and um, it's just so stupid. Um, yeah. Uh, there's nothing more to say than that. Uh, like Dan said, um, I'm regularly I'm regularly trying to smack someone over their head because <laughs> yes. it's just uh, we need some kind of USB now. thing that just like reaches out over the internet. Yeah, <laughs> or should do them every time they touch their keyboard? Yeah, you get a shock. Stop it! Stop it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As as my brother Sarko says, violence at rare times is an answer. <laughs> <laughs> I love Sarko. Sarko is great. Uh, um, what was I going to say? Uh, where was it? Uh, I'm missing comments here. Persian Knight, welcome, man. My wife asked me if she needs to wear a pop collar like the PS5 to get my attention. <laughs> oh, great. I mean, so, the, when the only thing is, it's it's not just the fanboys on Twitter um, or, or any social media channels. Um, to be frank, it's sometimes sad for me to see that the big, big media outlets are also really um, harping on, the, on, on that, on, um, on that um, console war uh, stupidity. Um, it's really the reason why I'm so happy that uh, sites like uh, Seasons Gaming uh, exist that have some integrity, um, because um, that, this is really not just uh, the the thing from some stupid fanboy on on social media. It's it's because yeah, too many big media outlets also um, dive into that. Yes. Yeah, uh, that yeah. was actually we've talked about it before. I won't harp on it, but it's part of the reason I founded Season Gaming. Uh, it's just you get exhausted seeing it every day. Um, so anyway, Asa, thoughts, man. And, uh, you know, we, we started with talking about Game On and, you know, founding it here a short while ago with a focus on positivity and sharing content creations from positive people um, seems to go exactly in line with what we're talking about here. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's always been exactly my position. And it's quite, um, it can be quite difficult not to get pulled into that kind of dialogue every now and again. Um, yeah. Because it's not just gaming, though. You get you get it in every every hobby, sure. everything that people are enthusiastic yep. about. People are, I don't know, passion just overflows into this kind of weird aggression, and I don't get it. I never particularly felt that way myself. Um, you see, everywhere Phil has, and I don't see it, say this as a negative, but he has a silver tongue. So Phil will always say the right thing to the right people, whoever yes. his audience is. 
he'll pick the right words. And that's not to say um, that he's a liar. He's just very clever with the words that he picks. Um, he's the opposite of a liar. What he says is true. It's just very selective. Correct. Um, and I think yeah. Dan is very right that the messaging that he's giving there isn't necessarily filtering down through his team. Uh, some people in his team that have been at Xbox since long before this was the philosophy that are still wanting to get right there in the in the trenches and have a little fight. Um, so I don't know, it's quite interesting to watch in that sense. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, to Dan's point, it is right. I think uh, there's a very fine line, I think, between we've talked many times around Xbox's leadership doing a very good job of being kind of involved and, and communicating with their fans and, you know, giving back to their community. Um, they do a very, very good job of that, way better than I think PlayStation or Nintendo do, who are really more corporate kind of just silent, right? But there is a fine line between interacting with your fans and getting involved with some of the things Dan was speaking to. And I think to Dan's point, some of the executives, we're not naming names or shows or anyone else, but um, you know, that line has gotten crossed at times and it's a shame to see. Yeah. Come um, on our show guys. We'll just sit down and like, you know, talk about real stuff. <laughs> you know? We don't have the, you know, we're not going to, we're not going to sell you, you know, 15 million game pass subscriptions here, but you know what? You'll have a good time. <laughs> and you, and you won't feel dirty after you're done the show. Right. <laughs> right. Like when I see like some of these guys come on and I'm not going to go crazy here. I'm actually going to shout out like, like ILP when Jason Ronald was on. Yes. That is the perfect example of what you should be doing. Yeah. You've got an amazing show with four amazing guys that are always positive and, and, and getting him on is awesome to watch you know because they 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 generally genuinely love that industry and love getting into those details you know so i love seeing that kind of stuff but then you see other stuff and it's just like uh, come on now that's just clicky stuff that's all you want that for yeah for the numbers so yeah exactly so uh, drives me crazy Archimedes, uh, he said his Wi-Fi just crashed, so we'll just continue on for now, and he said he'll be back as soon as he can. Um, <clears throat> so I wanted to touch on, and I saw your comment prior uh, on Twitter, Asa, about this, but I wanted to touch, we'll move mm. over to Call of Duty. Um, mm. So, And the reason I wanted to touch on Call of Duty this week is kind of twofold, is one, um, our review went up of the campaign um, from Phasma, as you may know her, on uh, Twitter. And uh, long story short, uh, it is so broken right now um on series x and playstation 5 uh in particular i think it's all platforms but it, it seems to be worse on um hey archimedes you back hey yeah sorry about that my wi-fi was gone so <laughs> no worries no worries just setting up the call of duty uh conversation so i got promoted <laughs> now you're the guy on the right you're back with the guy on the right um so uh, what I was saying, Archimedes, is uh, Call of Duty, um, Cold War, our review went up from Phasma. She could not finish the campaign because there's a mission that as soon as you start a certain segment, it crashes the console. Sometimes it crashes to home. Sometimes it does literally a hard shutdown. Um, this is not unique to her. If you do a quick search, this is happening all across consoles. And like I yeah. said, in particular, Series X, uh, Series S, and PS5. Um and so first, I wanted to talk about how we can, the problems with Call of Duty's approach to development, and it, it, I get the irony here, right? I'm calling out one of the most successful IPs, if not the most successful annual IP in the industry. So trust me, I, I, that's not lost on me. But 
when you release a game this big and this popular, and there's literally people that are now a couple weeks after release still can't even finish your game because it's so broken. Um, that first of all, that's ridiculous. That needs to be, you know, called out. Um, second is I wanted to lead into a conversation of the annualized call of duty model and why I believe that needs to change. Um, now it's Activision. They make billions of dollars. It's probably not going to change, but I'd like to talk about it anyway, because of what we heard, uh, out of halo infinite, right? Which is with halo infinite, they are going to that place where they're separating multiplayer and campaign multiplayer is going to be free to play. Uh, and then the people who want to experience the campaign can do that through Game Pass or, or buy it, of course. Um, and so what I wanted to ask you guys' thoughts on is, to me, it makes more sense, um, especially knowing that the majority of the money made on Call of Duty is made from, or in Activision's case, is microtransactions, right? Does it Would it make sense to see Call of Duty move to a model like they've done with Warzone, right, which is free to play? where all of the Call of Duty multiplayer goes free to play um, and they do seasonal content like we see out of all these other games, right? Fortnite and and uh, Apex and all these games uh, and make their money that way. And then annually, um, they take the resources from their three development studios, combine that into an annual Call of Duty campaign that you can just add on when it releases every year to your multiplayer client, right? Or your software, for a smaller fee, 20, 30 bucks, whatever it may be. Um, love to hear your guys' thoughts on that because I think that's where the industry is going. Uh, we've already seen it in a lot of cases across IPs. Um, and with companies, it's always going to be about money. But I honestly think if they went that route, I don't think they lose money um, in the long term. So let me hear your thoughts on that, guys. Uh, Ace, I'll start with you. Um, it's Activision. I'm sure there is. <laughs> a bunch of people sitting there with spreadsheets at the moment sure. figuring out how to do all of these things at once to absolutely optimize the amount of money that they can make. And then phoning Sony to see if they want to buy some of it exclusively as well. <laughs> yes. um, I mean, like I did sound to it, so I don't really play the Call of Duty games. I played, yeah. I think the last one I actually played properly was Call of Duty 2, which was an Xbox 360 launch game. It's a great game. It was a good game. Uh, for some reason, it didn't hook me on the series because I didn't play any of them after that. For some, for some reason, I ended up owning them all. I don't know how. I always look at them and say, the Call of Duty. I don't like their business practices. I don't like the price of that game. This is not good value for me. And I never buy it at launch, but somehow it just ends up in my collection somewhere. Um, so I've got a bunch of them. But And it's not. Um, that's not to say that they're bad games. I think there's probably some, some good content in there, um, particularly the campaigns and things. And the multiplayer are obviously popular for a reason. But they're not particularly for me. The I will say in their defense so the um, the latest one the black ops cold war having all of these bugs and issues i'm, I'm loath to say it about activision but i say it about everybody else is it's been a really really difficult task to get anything out for the launch of these consoles yeah so i try and cut people a little bit of slack so you see these problems with dirt 5 you see these optimization issues across the ubisoft games but then you look at microsoft and they haven't really managed to put any games out so for these third parties to be actually getting games out at launch across multiple platforms Okay, in Activision's case, it's probably because somebody was literally whipping their backs. But yeah. the fact that they've delivered something is worthy of some some applause, some approval there, um, because that's that's a difficult task right now, um, as evidenced by the fact that I don't think anybody's really done a particularly good job putting out a quality multiplayer platform game. Uh, yeah, so I think... Yeah, I'm sure if they can make more money from it, it will change. 
Yeah, and, and so if you know if, if anyone listening is not too familiar with how Activision manages Call of Duty, right? So they have three studios. They have Treyarch, Infinity Ward, and Sledgehammer. And the traditional model is they each get three years to develop each title, and they're on a constant rotation, right? What we saw this year was that this was supposed to be Sledgehammer's year. We've talked about this before. For whatever reason, early in the year, we heard that Sledgehammer's game was scrapped. And they, Treyarch was pulled in early to basically produce Cold War for this year. And Sledgehammer's resources were pulled over to help that. Now, that could probably help explain some of the issues we're seeing at launch, right? Is because for a game of that size and scale and you're moving, you know, taking a year less development time away and trying to rush everything with extra resources, that's just a disaster waiting to happen. Um, so I'm surprised that it's even as functional as it is, to be honest with you. Because really, I, I would counter that argument. I mean, it's a, basically a DLC that they sell us every year. So we <laughs> <laughs> should have the tech up and running and just put another skin on that. <laughs> and, and that's kind of where I'm going, right? Is it? It seems kind of ridiculous in today's age to have this three-year development cycle where every year you're releasing an independent multiplayer campaign and extra modes, whether it's spec ops or zombies or whatever, yeah, right? Yeah. Why why would you not take these combined resources, which has to be, if I had to guess, at least twelve to eighteen hundred people of developers between these three studios? Mm-hmm. Why would you not have, you know, just put eight hundred of them on a constant multiplayer thing like Fortnite, like Apex, like all these other studios are doing, like you've already done with Warzone. It's what they've already done. Why would you not do that and then separate another campaign team to produce a campaign every year and just separate them? Um, it just seems to make a lot more sense developmentally, in my opinion. Yeah, you probably would save a lot of um, development resources. Um, and that goes into the ROI discussion, right? You're probably yeah. more efficient. So even if you make 10% less, I'm throwing numbers out here, 10% yeah. less on your annual revenue, you're, you're okay, right? You're making the same money, but you're more efficient at what you're doing. Yeah, that that's true. Uh, but then on the other hand, um, just from a business perspective, I, I like your idea, but from the business side, um, they more or less have that um, ongoing game already that is making them a ton of money with Warzone. Mm-hmm. And they can have that annual um, <laughs> new game. So, so they, they just dip on bo- in both uh, areas. What I would really love them to do is to sell the campaigns as standalones. Yeah. I mean, they did that with the uh, Mortal War 2 remake this year. Yeah. Um, was fantastic because I'm not a big Call of Duty multiplayer guy. Um, and But I, I really la- enjoy the campaigns. Um, I'm here with Asa. I I have a lot of them in my collection, but I never buy them at launch because for that five to six, seven hour campaign, I just don't want to pay full price. And yeah. usually I pick them up a year or two after launch in a sale for 20 or 30 bucks or something and then play the campaigns. If they would sell me the campaign as a standalone for, I'm throwing a number out here, 40 bucks, um, yeah, I probably would buy them at launch. Um, that that is actually the model I would prefer them, and then have the ultimate super duper deluxe edition with the multiplayer for whatever <laughs> price. Yeah, um, that that would be my thing. Um, the the thing about this annual, I, I've I, annual releases of of Call of Duty. I've never seen a franchise that can do it this this um, 
reliably. Even even the sports games, um, they have all their ups and downs. Every every other year, one of the FIFA games is is really not doing well for some reason. I don't know. But Call of Duty, they have been on a on that constant growth um, rate. Um, they had with, for instance, Call of Duty Ghost, they had their down, but the game still sold well. Yeah, mm -hmm. it wasn't well received, but it it still sold well. So. Unless something is changing on that side, um, that is not going to change. And yeah, this year, um, like Asa said, um, it, it's been tough for a lot of developers. And we have to give credit to all of those who actually shipped the game. Um, yeah, but then, uh, on the other hand, um, it's ruining a lot of, of, of the excitement and fun for, of, of, of the experience if you have a buggy mess like uh, Call of Duty is right now. Because like you said, um, it's not just a campaign. I'm seeing regularly posts on my timeline about consoles crashing on both sides, PlayStation 5 and, and the Xbox Series consoles. Um, the game is, is just a mess. And um, if, if it goes that far, um, would, it have, would, would, have, would it be so bad to move the game two or three months? Um, just delay it. Um, yeah. But then it's Activision. If they move it for three months, yeah, it's the, always the next. Uh, already the next game is in the pipeline. So yeah, yeah, they're very. You know, uh, that timeline is set, uh, yeah. and you know their investors bank on it as well. So yeah. um, I'm glad Archimedes mentioned FIFA in that in that um, talk then, because um, these are games that have such a reach as well into a kind of different tier of gamer, a more casual tier of gamer that just buy their yeah. FIFA and their Call of Duty, yeah, and they're going to be looking for that november release for call of duty it's just it's just in their calendar alongside christmas or whatever i don't know yeah. um so again it comes down to their spreadsheets i'm sure they know that audience and they know how much they lose if they were to disrupt that release window or change anything about it but yeah 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 good talk dan yeah i mean i'm, I'm with you guys it, it's it's not yeah it's not like it's changing drastically year after year even the multiplayer you know so there's really no point. I'd love to see like that, like uh, Archimedes said, with with that separate campaign. Just you know, if I'm going to pay and make it 25 bucks, I mean, you're not going to make. That's not where they make their money. Like you said, it, it, it's all in these microtransactions and and battle passes and DLC. That's where they're raking it in. So it, I have a tendency to just buy it for the campaign because that's usually all I play. But I actually skipped it this year, which is a miracle. So, you know, well, it sounds like you're lucky maybe based on what we're yeah, doing. I mean, it really does. I mean, the campaign looks pretty cool if it worked, you know, so I, I I've never, I don't feel bad for Activision. I feel bad for everybody playing, you know, that are, that are running to these issues, you know, yeah. it shouldn't be this way, but I also, you know, to you guys' point, you know, the, the pandemic has, you know, thrown a, a monkey wrench into everything. Um, it, but you know, even, you look at what, you know, Halo getting delayed, but that looks like what they're doing, right? They're, they're going to be, it looks like it's going to be that Halo game, but then they build on that with the multiplayer. Well, Microsoft in fact, they're, they're, they're taking it even a step further. What we're right. hearing is the reason it's Halo Infinite is that the, the client, the, even the campaign client is going to have stories added to it over time. Yeah. yeah. That's a Rather smart way to do it. releases. That's what they said. Yeah. It's an yeah. excellent choice. I mean, it's, like you said, given the, you know, how, you see the industry progressing, you know, now, you know, given that, you know, we're in this, you know, struggle, you know, in society that, you know, this is a good way to, you know, 
basically get as much as you can from it. And you, and you can make improvements, you know, incremental improvements as you go along, you know, it, it, it just makes sense. That's, that's the way I would do it. I would look over there, see what they're doing. If, if in fact, you know, that's what Halo Infinite is going to be, then that seems like the, the best way to go. I think it's going to be a humongous moneymaker for Microsoft and, and Activision, you know, could take some notes for sure. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting, yeah. and I and I think where we kind of slid into there is almost the the conversation of the sixty dollar release in general, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or seventy dollar yeah. release, or, or even more where you guys are. <laughs> oh yeah, eighty yeah. euros. Uh, it's ninety three US dollars. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy to me. Yeah, I mean the thing is, um, Dan touched a little bit on this this whole free to play model. Um, yeah. It's basically where the shooter genre is heading right now. The biggest exactly. um, the biggest shooters out there are free to play. Yeah. Um Halo Infinite can uh multiplayer free, will be free to play, yeah. And then we see it with all these um battle royale battle royale <laughs> games and everything. Um a lot of the biggest shooters right now are free to play. Um, yes. So it's it's kind of weird to me that that Call of Duty can afford it, <laughs> actually, to not go uh, in in that direction. Well, and, they, and so, they've and they've made so much money with Warzone to Dan's point yeah, too, exactly. right? I mean, Warzone is a perfect example of being free to play, crossing I think sixty million players. Um, and Activision, you know, as we know, they came out and said they made one point two billion in a quarter, or that might have been EA. I know that it's something like that, but you know, upwards of five to six billion a year just on microtransactions. So it's all about getting more people into the game. And despite Call of Duty, as we've already said, being a sales leader, uh, and Asa made a great point about it being that kind of calendared annual release. I mean, I have friends who aren't big gamers, but when November comes or October comes, it's like, all right, grabbing the new Call of Duty. It's an expectation at this point. Um, But I don't see any reason why you can't do the multiplayer like we're talking about and have that campaign release and multiplayer update every you know every October or November, right? Here's the new campaign. It coincides with the new season, whatever that is, a three month season or whatever in multiplayer, which yeah. you can also buy the season pass for, right? So season pass 10, 15 bucks, campaign 30 bucks. Do you know what I mean? Just just split it up. You still make some money. When you when you talk about the the way they monetize them at the moment as well, one of the biggest free to play shooters is introducing our subscription next month. Yep. Exactly. So things of stuff they can explore. Yeah, and I think I think that's what we're seeing uh, happen in real time. And by real time, it's not instant, right? It's over the course of years. But we've seen drastic changes in the way games are monetized in general over the past several years, uh, with games like Fortnite kind of you know leading that charge in a way uh, to things. You know, if you think a decade ago when we heard about $15 a month to play like World of Warcraft, we were like, they're crazy. You know, even though there were plenty of millions of people doing it, a lot of people were like, no one's going to, you know, the big market's not going to pay $15 a month to play a game. Well, they do now, you know. You know I, I remember so well the discussion when Oblivion came out um, with the first microtransactions. The horse this, armor? Yeah, the horse armor. <laughs> <laughs> I, For the love of God, I, I wasn't able to imagine that anybody would spend a single cent on, on something like that. Yeah, Me too. Uh, I used to argue with people. I'd be like, why would you pay money for a fake product? 
yeah. a digital product. Oh, I made the horse look way better, and I didn't buy it. I did not buy that. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it is it, it's funny to look back on. Just you know, uh, just yesterday I just joked about playing Destiny. I just bought the season pass because mm -hmm. it's t it's ten dollars. It's nine dollars if you're a Game Pass member. Um, and so I was like, it's just worth it. And you know, you're not really getting anything. You're just getting progression in a game. Mm -hmm. So it's funny. But no, good thoughts, good conversation. I think that conversation can obviously go well beyond Call of Duty. Um, but I don't know. I, I'm kind of putting the flag down here now that I do believe we're going to see a, a change in the way Call of Duty is annualized uh, in the next couple of years. So we'll see. All right. Um, one note I had here, which is funny as we were talking about this because it was good timing, is that uh, Red Dead Online or Red Dead and Rockstar, right? So we know that Grand Theft Auto Online is an absolute... I don't even know the word I'm looking for. It's absurd how much money that game makes and continues to be played, right? Red Dead is on a far uh, much smaller scale, but it's online does have a dedicated community. And as of December 1st, so just next week or this week, um, it, the multiplayer is going standalone. So you'll actually be able to play Red Dead online for $4.99. You can buy into it uh, for a limited time. It then moves to $20. But once you have the online client, you can then pay extra to get the campaign added on. So Rockstar is already going this way. Um, and you know, as well as I do, that when Grand Theft Auto 6 comes out, whenever that is, there's no way in hell they lose that online base they already have. They're not going to start over, right? So it won't surprise me to see something similar with Grand Theft Auto, which when that game releases, that'll change the rest of the industry. Um that, you know, if you got those millions and millions and millions of players with Grand Theft Auto online, now you can just play Grand Theft Auto 6 for 30 bucks, 40, whatever the hell it is, you know. So Man, I think you, you think that they'll give it to you at half price. No, what I'm no. saying is I think in Grand Theft Auto's case, mm -hmm. they'll still sell a, a retail full edition, et cetera. But they're still going to have a focus on the online portion, right? right. Like they do that okay. now. You can buy a version of Grand Theft Auto Five where you get bonus money and shark funds or whatever the hell they call it for Grand Theft Auto Online. I think they're going to push that direction. But the yeah. fact that they're already separating Red Dead Online out as a standalone purchasable product, I think you're going to start to see from <clears> these <throat> games. And we know Cyberpunk's multiplayer is coming separate too. Yeah, twenty twenty two. I mean, you can you can. There's so many successful models out there to choose from, yeah. you know, I mean, and, and they all in some way revolve around, you know, an online component that, you know, has these microtransactions. Continued you know, engagement. Right. That's the key. You know, you can do it in several different ways. You know, Activision just chooses to be just it's an <laughs> extra little bit of greed that makes them want to do it every freaking year, you know. But when, yeah. you know, like, eh, we're okay with that, you know, $100 million or whatever it is. I'm not worried about that because this will translate over. You know, everybody else can see it, yeah. you know. But, oh, Kotick is up there, you know. Hey, I need another Golden Benz. God, you know, talk, so, talk about you know, one of the worst executives in the industry. God, Terrible. Can you imagine oh. that? One of those teams making the latest Activision game goes in and they're like, oh, should we do a subscription? Should we do microtransactions? Should we sell it? Should we develop expansions? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Should. <laughs> <laughs> all of that, all of that. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. And then add a subscription to your annualized model as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> oh my gosh carl what's up man uh subscription to individual franchises is the future especially enabled by streaming so they can literally cut out the middleman like microsoft sony nintendo exactly right and that's that's kind of what we've seen with when i said fortnite is pushing the bar right because you're you're you can do that through your epic account directly now right and play on any device um and so uh it, that's definitely a future of where that debate is coming and we saw part of that with game pass and apple right um but as we kind of said back then, there's trillions of dollars in the long term, right? You're talking billions and billions every year that has to be cut up and everyone wants their piece. So. Which is why the Apple against Epic lawsuit is so interesting. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. yeah. So, all right. So I think we've covered that topic enough for now. Uh, <laughs> I wanted to uh, I want to talk a little bit about what we're seeing out of um, next gen. <laughs> it continues to be a pretty big topic. And what I mean by that is, you know, we're seeing uh, a wide range outside of Call of Duty and the issues it's having. We're seeing a wide range of performance variations between uh, versions of games, which, you know, if you've been paying attention, right, you should have expected when you've got developers, the COVID situation, new hardware, um, cross-gen stuff. There's just a lot going on for developers right now. So this week alone, uh, I just wrote a few examples here. So we have the Call of Duty crashing. Watchdogs got another update, um, but still has not fixed the save issue that many people are seeing on the Series X, uh, which is kind of scary because I have like, I don't know, 40 plus hours in that game. So I'm actually refusing to play yep. it again until until they update it. Um, Dirt 5, who, hey, so, you know, you guys talked to the creative director or uh, technical director. Um, and I know this has been a big thing for him, too, on social media lately is because, uh, you know, there was an update that was missed, apparently, on the series, both the Series S and X version, I believe, um, which was hindering performance. And we've also now the biggest one maybe this week in Digital Foundry kind of talked about this, too, is Valhalla, uh, Assassin's Creed. You know, we saw some issues with screen tearing and all these other things that Ubisoft is trying to fix. So there's just an, an awful lot of uh, change here. Um, and I think what I wanted to touch on is uh, Xbox's statement around this. Uh, they actually published a, oops, just hit the wrong button, sorry. They actually published an actual statement around the performance here because as we know, Xbox has been on that power game, right? They're the ones who have been saying, we have the most powerful console, this is the best place to play, etc. cetera. Um, and so what they said was, we are aware of performance issues in a handful of optimized titles on Xbox Series X and S and are actively working with our partners to identify and resolve them to ensure optimal experience. It's a PR statement. As we begin a new console generation, our partners are just now scratching the surface of what next-gen consoles can do, and minor bug fixes are expected as they learn how to take advantage of the new platforms. We're eager to continue working with developers on the capability of the Xbox Series X and S in the future. So really standardized PR statement there, but... Um, wanted to hear your guys' thoughts on on this exact topic, right? Um, the performance of these consoles, uh, what your thoughts are around what we're going to see in the long term. And Asa, especially after speaking to a technical director like this of a guy who's facing these issues and has worked on this hardware directly, you know, any further insight that he might have provided uh, in this regard? Yeah, so that, that was actually, I don't know if you got to see much of that interview. It was actually really interesting. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. The technical director was very, very open, but still couldn't say that much about what's going on with the PlayStation 5. So Microsoft have been really transparent about what's in the Xbox and what it's going to do. Obviously, they've, they've beaten their own drum a little too hard in the run-up to launch. Um, yes. There's got some trouble on that one. But um, but all that they're saying is being compared against like a blank slate. You don't know what's going on with Sony. You've got these few 
benchmarks and things, the few um, specs that, that Mark Cerny did talk about. Yep. But way less information, and people are just making assumptions about what's what's going on over there. Um, and it's interesting, we were talking earlier about, um, about Phil saying that he doesn't like the people that engage in these fanboy wars and whatever. Yep. And, um, and Dan was saying, like, uh, some of Microsoft executives maybe should should take that advice as well. That cause some of this trouble for themselves. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Um, they've, been, they've been right in on this narrative that we're going to smash everything with power. Um, and, yeah, it, the, the launch has definitely played out. It's, it's what's really weird is um, it's played out as an exact mirror of what you might have anticipated. So it's not just that the PlayStation is winning in the areas that you wouldn't expect it to. The one area where you thought the PlayStation had the advantage was the hard drive, and that's the one area that it's not winning, um, which is just a curious thing. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think long-term, I think it's a little disingenuous to say that um, the, the Sony... PlayStation platform tools are so much easier to work with, so much further ahead than Microsoft's when actually um, Microsoft should be. They should have the advantage in this because the these full RDNA tools that they like to talk about or yeah. the features of DirectX 12 Ultimate have been kicking around in the PC space for a couple of years. So they've been on the NVIDIA cards. Microsoft have had a two-year advantage in getting these APIs working. Different hardware, which obviously matters to an extent, but it's an advantage over Sony. They've had ray tracing for two years. Mm. Sony's ray tracing debut was a week and a half ago, two weeks ago. So um, it's an odd one. I, I'm, I'm going to go back to the position that I've said for a long, long time, um, that the, the chip in the Xbox console is bigger and more expensive, and that will play out over time. So once all these teething issues are out of the way, I think the difference, people like to say that um, teraflops don't matter. To a degree, teraflops don't matter. They've been overly used over yeah. past years as a metric, but... Um, but when you have like-for-like -like architectures, as the PlayStation and the Xbox are, they are indicative. <laughs> you can dismiss them too hard. Like They don't matter entirely. They don't tell the whole story, but they are relevant. And those, those metrics are going to play out, I think. Yeah. Yeah, we, we've heard that from a few creators, but it's funny you mentioned that because Carl, who uh, just super chatted briefly, he writes for our site um, and he definitely dives into these technical deals. In fact, he has a great article up on the site to go ahead and plug it around some of the GPU, CPU and drive you know, stats and things from both consoles and why mm -hmm. to exactly what you just said is that the teraflop number to your exact point was driven too hard. Uh, it's not that it doesn't matter, but it doesn't matter directly as much as people think it does. Um, and so there's a there's, you know, as with everything we always talk about, there's nuance to understand there. Right. It's not as simple as just throwing a number out there and saying, yep, this is better. Um, it's that's not how tech works. That's not how hardly anything works. Um, but to your point, uh, and we've heard this from the developers, too, as time goes on and tools mature, knowledge matures more than anything. Uh, and they have the right time. You know, a lot of this just comes down to development time. Um, they have the necessary time and resources. We probably will see, you know, the Xbox begin to stretch its legs a little bit. But Archimedes, where are you at on this, man? <laughs> okay, uh, I think the Xbox fans won't like uh, my thoughts on that. But the thing is... <laughs> Let's go. I want to hear <laughs> We're getting them today. <laughs> I, we, we, earlier, we spoke about smacking someone over the head. And sometimes yes. I would just want to smack Microsoft <laughs> over the head here. Because the, they, have, they have actually done something really stupid with that. Uh, <laughs> that whole thing. I get, okay, maybe the tools were not ready. I get uh, developers didn't have the time and so on. Yep. But if your biggest narrative is power, 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 the 
best version of the games are on the Xbox and everything. And now it turns out they aren't. Um, that's just bad marketing. And um, the thing is, this narrative won't go away. Even if in a year or so, uh, the Digital Foundry comparis uh, comparisons will show something different, the story will still be um, that the PlayStation can outperform uh, the Xbox. And like we said earlier, stupid fanboy wars, but it was kind of one of their promises. If you invest in our Xbox, you get the best versions of the games. And yes. now you don't. Um, could be in a year or so that, that, that this story will change, no doubt. But it isn't um, at the moment. And the problem for that for me is that Microsoft is relying a little bit too much on promises that what might come in the future power will come in the future the best games uh, 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 the, the best versions of the games will come in the future first party content will come in the future and in the reality in the here and now we have nothing we don't have first party content we don't have the best versions of the games we have whenever in the history of gaming did we as gamers have to think about when a developer gets a tool or not it's really a good the, the thing for me. I, as a gamer, do not want to worry about when a developer gets a tool or something. If they advertise the best version of a game, I want that version. Um, if I That's invest fair. in that ecosystem. Uh, yeah, and um, they promised me with 23 studios that the first party games are coming. And I don't have one, one single first party game except Gears Tactics Yeah, uh, right now. Um, and yeah, I get... COVID has changed a lot and made a lot of things much more difficult, but other developers were able to ship games. They were able to ship the tools uh, to developers and so on. So yeah, I'm, I'm not happy with that, um, how, how it goes. I think also the silence from Microsoft is, is not good at the moment. They really should come out and address it a little bit more openly. Um, because all that thing about the tools were shipped early and so on is, is all stuff that we hear from people or influencers all over YouTube that know someone in the industry. <laughs> yeah, it's not an official statement. It's <laughs> someone knows someone. Um, and I, don't, I just don't think that this is good marketing. Um, and yeah, um, the, the thing about the, this whole uh, narrative is... Yeah, it, it won't go away, uh, even if, if the digital foundry analysis change. And the first party content, yeah, we all know the games will come eventually, but it really tells you something that they haven't shown one single game that we can look forward to. <laughs> it's really, really something Microsoft should consider right now um, instead of staying silent. Yeah, you feel better? Get him. A little. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's good. It's all all fair points, 100%. And I think you just kind of doubled down on what exactly Asa said, is when your marketing is primarily up in front of everything else is the power narrative, and it's the best place to play in terms of you're going to get the best version when people invest in that. Um, and there's people like us who buy everything, and we're kind of we're in the weeds a lot more than most people, right? But to your point, Archimedes, to an average consumer who sees this as the most powerful console and the best place to play your games, yeah. like Call of Duty, yeah. like Valhalla, um, you know, the, those big third-party games that are the ones that really sell no matter what platform, 
um, and then you don't get the best version, um, that's disappointing. And maybe, you know, maybe our microscope is is on it too much because, you know, there's I'm sure there's millions of people out there playing Valhalla on the on Series X or whatever that had no idea that it had any issue. You know what no, I mean? I mean, that, that's, that's a fair point. Um, I'm playing Valhalla on the Series X and it looks great. It runs good, especially after the patch now. It, it's uh, I'm happy with my console. It's, uh, don't get me wrong. Um, that is not the, the case. Um, the thing just is that the, the marketing just works yeah. different. Yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, it doesn't mean that it's a bad version. The play, the games on the PlayStation 4 Pro didn't look bad by any means. They just looked a little better on the One X. Um, yeah, that's fair. what it yeah. was. Yeah. Um, and and now we have uh, the situa- situation reversed when we all think or thought it should be um, different. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and we and you know going back to the whole de- uh, developer conversation, time, resources, uh, focus for the development team. Um, you know, you saw some of that too. I mean, the, the One X overwhelmingly runs uh, third-party cross-platform games better than the Pro, but there are cases where the Pro version runs better. I mean, we've seen that, right? Um, that does happen. Yeah, so yeah. it's it's you know, there's there's an awful lot that goes into this conversation. It's not a it's not a simple one for sure. No um, Dan, what do you got? Yeah, I'm gonna defend them a little bit, which is defend you. Uh, Microsoft and Sony. Okay. Like, so, you know, here, here's the thing. I've said it before. Ubisoft sucks at optimization. Two of those games that are on your list are Ubisoft games. I'm a little curious of what's going to happen next week with Immortals. Immortals, yeah. Yeah. Um, they suck. They hey. are terrible. No, no, no. I'm just saying, not the games. Ubisoft <laughs> is not good at optimizing for these consoles. They are the same way last gen. It looks like it's the same way going into this gen. The developers have to do it. And I'm I'm not, you know, I understand pandemic, fine. You know, totally get that. Not, you know, given everything, you know, making everything equal, I don't know if it would be that much of a difference, right? You know, I, I really don't. You know, maybe they got their development consoles later. Fine, no problem. We've always said we want to play the best version of those third-party games, yes. always. You know, that's what we're going for. And now I have no idea where to buy the damn game at. I think eventually, <laughs> you know, it's going to run better on the X just based on, on, on paper alone. You know, it, yeah. it, it, it should. It should, you know, definitely. But, yeah. And I'm it, Microsoft, I'm kind of gotten to the point now where I just, their marketing is just garbage. Usually, you know, I mean, they, they rely too I much on... I thought you were like defending word. them. Well, I, I am. That's, 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 <laughs> they, they, they rely too much on word of mouth and, and stuff like that. It, it's, it's not the best way to do it. In my opinion, because the word of mouth comes out of the words of Twitter, so it, it's it's not an awesome choice. But I think in the long run, you know, they're going to have more time with that those dev kits, you know, and they will have, you know, they will start producing or you know hitting those marks at a more consistent pace. Yeah. You're still going to have issues, you know, and and also you know people, you know, don't don't think that the PlayStation Five is just going to tank. Because you know they're you know it, it's they're they're still it's going to be like this. Yeah, I'm, go, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to go ahead and quote Mo from last week's game on is uh, it's not a potato. PS5 right. is not a potato. Right. It's a, it's a good guy. It's a strong it's a console, point. right? Yeah, I mean it, it's I mean it's not like they're going to get worse at developing for the PlayStation Five. All of a sudden, they're going to continue <laughs> to get better. You know, and, and uh-huh. they're going to start learning the intricacies of how it works, just like they are with the Series X. So we, you know. I, I would say give them a, a little bit of a pass, you know, because 
you know, of, of the pandemic. But at the same time, you know, you can play wherever the hell you want, you know, and, and I just wish I knew where the best place was. That's my biggest thing because I'll buy it like, on the PlayStation. It's like you have to wait, you have to wait for weeks to know. Yeah, which I have to is going to be the best. Foundry does a damn thing <laughs> to say, okay, just to make sure there's no issues with it, or at least you know, out the gate and see some reviews just on the technical side of it. You know, so I don't see the screen tearing, or I don't have save issues, or it's you know, it's like like yeah, like Mo says, not a potato, man. Yeah, it's not a potato. Well, and and, and to be honest, um, you know, let, let's. Let's also keep in mind that we're talking about intricate details of how these games are running and commenting on it. What I would say is that whether you're playing on Series X, S, or PS5, the experience you're getting right now is far and above what we were getting just a few months ago on Xbox One and PS4, right? In in many ways, between the speed and the resolution, the 60 frames and Valhalla and, and all these other games we're talking about, that you're still getting a much better experience than last gen. So no, I don't sure. want us to come off as too negative. Do you know what I mean? We're, we're just focusing on one issue here, but. Right, yeah, I mean, and, and, and this is, you know, I, I enjoyed my time with Valhalla. I thought it looked amazing. Once I got the Series X and popped it on there and saw the difference, I was like, holy shit. This oh, is it's crazy. night and day. Crazy. Yeah, night and day. You know, so I mean, and you know, yeah, there was a screen tearing, sure. You know what? It mostly happened in certain places in the game, and it was very predictable after a while. But who gives a crap? I mean, playing the game, as long as it's not broken, you know, or completely destroyed, then you're fine. You're you're gonna be you're gonna be you're fine. You're gonna be playing as long as like like it's not Call of Duty where it's completely shutting down, you know. But both of these consoles are having issues right now. It is what it is. It's a launch. What are you gonna do about it? You know, knock on wood, I haven't had any issues so far with either of mine, yeah. except for a couple minor game crashes. Yeah. Not a big deal. So, you know, we, 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 like you said, we get under that Twitter microscope and you, everything is amplified, yeah. you know, so much. And then, you know, oh, there's 18,000 PS5s in the last hour that just blew up. Oh, no. That look killed at their series. pets. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, and that's that's the thing, you know. I mean, and that's this whole narrative that Mo kind of brought up. Somebody said something about when Valhalla, you know, got its update that all of a sudden the Xbox version ran better than the PlayStation version, and people were putting on their tinfoil hats and saying it was because they had a marketing deal. You know what? Shut up. If you even thought that for a second, you're a moron. All right. Unless Deathloop comes out and your PS5 transforms into a small killing machine and stabs you in the face. We're, we're right? not in the grinding gear section. Right. Again. I'm just telling you. <laughs> then you have to worry about it. At that point, you maybe go, all right, something's going on because my PS5 is stabbing me in the face. You know, short of that, don't worry about it. Play your games, enjoy them, have fun. That's all I've been doing, man. Yeah. That's all I've been that's doing. Tough. I got a hundred hours in the Valhalla. You know what? That, it I matter. know that's because it's an amazing <laughs> game, isn't it? It's a seven, but <laughs> it's, it's still good. It's still fun. And we've got a new hashtag, by the way. Yeah. Uh, hashtag. It's not a potato. Yep. We, we need to get it trending. We should. We can do it. We can do it. <laughs> um, <laughs> love seeing a bunch of new people in chat, man. What's up, everyone? Thanks for coming by. Please, I, I never do this. You guys know this. Maybe once a month I do this. Please hit that like button, guys, if you're enjoying the chat. Uh, really helps, of course. Um, so always appreciate it. Um, all right. So, Dan, I think you're probably, well, you're, I know you're not out of juice, but I don't know if you saved anything. But before we get into uh, what we're currently playing on our consoles, 
Um, let's get into uh, any of our grinding gears that we just want to touch on real quick. Um, anything good. that uh, you guys want to sh- sufficiently say it again? I'm good. You're I think good. I've okay. Quite a bit. All right. Well, we got to get, you know, we got to yeah, see yeah, if Acer yeah, yeah, or Archimedes sure. got anything for us. So guys, any, anything that you want to uh, kind of shout out, been bugging you this week or any week for that matter uh, in regards to, uh, you know, gaming community, industry, companies. I know Archimedes already pissed about Media Mart, um, but we touched on that. <laughs> we touched on that already. Anything you guys yeah. want to shout out? Oh, nothing that gets close to the Media Mart story. Um, <laughs> like that I will say, um, in terms of content creation, sure, really pisses me off um, when people download trailers, apply their watermark, and re-upload them to their channel. Oh, God. That upsets me greatly. <laughs> yeah, because you guys, I know you guys have put a lot of effort into the stuff you've developed. Did that happen to you recently? So, uh, they're not downloading our stuff. It's more um, so like every week I put together a little summary of news. Yeah. And there's a lot of like trailers and things that play, but I put a fair amount of effort into it, a good number yeah, of yeah. hours to put it together. But every now and again, I go to do it and I'm editing the video and you just see like IGN watermarked in the bottom corner, MK Ice and Fire. I can name names, it's fine. Yeah. Um, they're, just, <laughs> they're literally, they download someone's trailer and they apply a watermark with no contribution to it at all, no creative input, and just re upload it to the channel. That's messed up. What are you doing? What are you I know. Doing? It's terrible. That's, you know, I, I know. I know some you know artists that like to you know take other people's art and just slap it on stuff and then go, "Hey, look at this! Check out this cool design I made!" And then it's like, "Wait a minute! You didn't actually make that design. You just took it and put it on something else." You know what? That guy can go kiss my ass. That was my grind and my gears. Yeah. But no, yeah. it's true. There, there's a there's a lot of that, and and it's sad, right? Because the way the uh, and it happens in writing, happens in what you're talking about, Asa, happens in art, like Dan's talking about. And the problem is, is that the, as we kind of touched on, is the people who do this kind of stuff, they have that bigger audience already. So it gets overlooked in the fact that they're mm-hmm. actually doing it. Do you know what I mean? Because by the time it gets spread by them, it spreads so much farther than the smaller outlet that they think it's just, you know, no one really sees what's happening. And it, it's maddening. I, I'm with you 100%. Um, I, I don't think anyone, I, I did have someone, um, one of my writings like a year and a half ago, two years ago, one of the articles I did, I, I did have see an article that someone pointed me to where they took two paragraphs out of it and literally published it verbatim as if it was theirs. And I was, was like, quote you or anything, they just, no, didn't, no, no link, no quote, no anything, just, just mine. And I'm like, the funny thing is, is, you know, everyone has a unique writing style. Mm-hmm. Um, so my two paragraphs didn't fit worth a damn into the rest of the article. I'm like, you can tell this isn't the same person, but whatever. It doesn't bastard. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, I get it. Archimedes, what do you got for us? Oh, um, I I got my story across uh, with BDO Mark. So (laughs) (laughs) Uh, grinding your gears needs to happen organically. Like it has throughout the show. And, and, you know, and then if we have anything left over, we come to this. So we've done a great job today. Yeah, Yeah, fair enough. No, it's been a great chat. Let me get to some of these super chats. We got Pompa in the house. I want some potatoes now, damn it. Some French fries sound good. Great show as always. Not a seven. Hashtag not a potato. Fair. Yeah. Fair. Mm. Oh, wait. Any 
And he just followed up with one I'll get to in a second. Let's also be happy that Phasma hasn't banned Asa. That's also fair <laughs> because if she banned him from That's the show, fine. that would be problematic right now. Yeah, that wouldn't be a good thing. <laughs> Thank you, as always, Bob. I appreciate it. Uh, Hassan's in the house seven. Anthem 2.0 is coming to Game Pass before you. Yakuza uh, like a dragon. Yakuza mm. like a dragon. Dan, you buy it yet? I, I, I can neither confirm nor deny that. You did. You no, did. I didn't. Yes, you did. Maybe I did. I know you did. I played it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Sasan, as always, man. Appreciate it. And I've got one more from Phasma herself. Fear missing out is real. Love you guys. Great show. Keep up the great work. Thank you, as always, Phasma. I really appreciate that. So That's what FOMO is? I had no idea. Fear of missing out. Yeah. Sure. All right. Cool. So, yeah, yeah, this we, is, yeah, this is not showing my age or anything. <laughs> I don't know. Everybody puts these damn, you know, things on there i'm like what the hell is that i have to look them up it's what the kids are talking about these yeah, days 90 percent of the time i have to go hey what's this <laughs> okay. that makes sense now all um, right so let's get into uh you know we're talking about experiences let's get back to our positive experiences on these new consoles and games so uh what we've been playing so um archimedes i'll start with you man i know you've been uh, hitting valhalla hard i see your screenshots i think that game is Man, in terms of screenshots, I feel like I want to stop every like 30 seconds to take one because the game oh, is yeah. so beautiful. I, I spent um, probably 50% of my time in photo mode. <laughs> so yeah, I know you're playing that. You want to touch on Valhalla or anything else you've been up to? Yeah, well, I, Valhalla is, is amazing. Um, I really like, I, I know a lot of people do not like uh, the new direction of the Assassin's Creed games, but yeah. for me, uh, this action RPG approach is amazing. I, I love it. Um, I really enjoy the combat in Valhalla. It's brutal. It's it's hard. It's satisfying. Um yeah, I and and now I'm I think I'm like 50 hours or something in the game. Um the story is really picking up. Um there no spoilers here, but something happened that really changed <laughs> the <laughs> direction where it's going. Uh, I really like it. Uh yeah, I'm having a blast with that. I played a lot of Tetris effect as well. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Fantastic. I wasn't thinking that um I will be ever go back to Tetris and, and play that so extensively, but yeah, um that's definitely something I I, I just wanted to do some screen uh, captures for one of my videos uh, and yeah. went back to Arkham City oh, okay. because a lot of people told me um, the auto HDR on the Xbox yeah. Series X is, is really good on that and I can confirm it's a showcase for auto HDR wow. and yeah it has me hooked again I, <laughs> I played awesome. a little bit of that um, yeah, but that's basically it. I downloaded um, Hades on, on my Switch, but I haven't started yet. Um, but I think I'll do that tomorrow. Yeah, that's one of our... Um, I mean, um, I hear from a bunch of the people writing for our site that that game is it, their game of the year. Um, or yeah. if it's not, it's one of the top games of the year. They there's, People love that game. So Yeah, I haven't heard anything but good about it. So yeah, yeah I'm looking forward to, to check it out. Nice. Did you play on Tetris Effect? Have you played the um, the three player co op mode? No, uh, I only played with two people in co op. So, oh, okay, all right. Yeah, yeah, there's a three player where the three of you go against the computer, and then it merges all three uh, of your boards together, and you have to work okay. together. It's it's very very cool. I have to play that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Check it out. That's awesome, though. Hey, so what you been up to, man? <laughs> Not enough gaming. Um, <laughs> Too much work. Kind of a lot, a lot of work, and to be fair, my work's, work's good. I'm working on videos about games, so I love doing that anyway. <laughs> um, I played about an hour of Watch Dogs Legion, 
um, on yeah. I played that on the PC just before the consoles came out. But the voice acting drained my soul and I couldn't carry on. <laughs> voice acting was horrible. Was, oh, <laughs> I've, I've been to London. This is no. no. <laughs> No, <laughs> so I stopped that. Um, I played a chunk of Attack on Titan, which is um, that compat. I'm playing on the Series X. Um, if you like the anime, it's actually it's a pretty bloody good game. Okay. Um, a little bit repetitive, but it really captures it well and doesn't follow the usual kind of anime template that games do. So I highly recommend that. It's on sale at the moment. Um, what else? There was another one. I don't know. Some other Avengers games. you mentioned. I did, yeah. I wouldn't have been playing that. I've been putting together um, and experimenting with some some video capture and things. Oh, okay. Right. So I've been forcing myself through it to get some good shots for a video that's hopefully going to be ready in the next couple of days. But um, I'm doing this. It's kind of an experiment in the quality of the video. So 4K HDR, like super high quality, takes bloody ages to render. And I just yeah, want to see what yeah, it yeah. looks like through YouTube. So I've been playing a bit of that. Um, and yeah, I played Astro's Playroom. Astro's Playroom was nice. I don't like platformers in general. I don't okay. even play the Mario games. Astro's Playroom was enjoyable for what it was, mostly for the... Um, it, it makes you feel for PlayStation. Like, it's just... It's a nostalgia trip. Yeah. yeah, and it's not even my nostalgia. Like, uh, <laughs> some of it's just like, oh, I never even had that, but I love the attention to detail that they've gone in this game. You can just, like, sense the passion and empathize with it, really. Like, it's a nice game in that sense. Um that's all I've done with the PlayStation, though. It's not not played anything else. Avengers wow. and Playroom. <laughs> man, man. Yeah, Astros is really cool. I think uh, we talked uh, with uh, Joseph, the host of the Trophy Room, uh, a couple weeks ago, and we were talking about that game. And it's just, uh, from, especially from a pack-in game perspective, it's it's incredible. It's just such a cool experience. And, you know, when you add on top of that, the uh, the highlight of the dual sense and all the things it can do, is uh, it's awesome. So definitely recommend it. Now you mentioned not playing platformers. Um, uh, for anyone listening, I'm going to keep plugging this game, but play Sackboy. It's amazing. It's an excellent platform. If you like platformers, it's an excellent <laughs> title. Um, definitely check that out. So uh, where's uh, <laughs> and then wise old gamer? What's up, man? He said, I've been playing with my Sackboy. When I get done, I turn on the PS5 finally and start playing Demon's Souls. <laughs> <laughs> uh and demon souls is incredible too i'll talk a little more about that but um dan you've been up to anything good yeah so i've been playing i'm trying to get i have everything done in valhalla as far as main story goes except for one mission which really isn't technically part of the main story it's just one of the main stories that show up in your one of your main quests basically it's just it's just doing like 10 of those contracts. Yeah, you know, yeah, then, yeah, yeah. Then you turn them in. Yeah. Same thing as they had in Odyssey. And I can't turn them in because Rita will not get off his ass. And, yeah, and, the and same thing happens stand. to me. I've oh, done yeah. That. I don't know what's going on. He just I, I can't there. talk to him, yeah. Nope. Like, and I, I, here's the problem. Like, there was a point where I was able to talk to him because of something I did, you know, in the story that required it. This also requires it because it's he's got the little thing on the top of his head. I can't talk yeah. to him, so I like like dodge into him and try to tackle him, <laughs> and he gets up, and then I, I do it over and over. Shoot and him like flops all over the place. <laughs> yeah, I tried shooting him. I tried everything. He will not do anything, so I'm stuck with that. Not a huge deal, but I also can't buy anything like with the opals that you, yeah, you need. You know, so it kind of sucks. You know, after that's done, I think I'll have everything done 
you know, I might go back and touch, you know, some of the side stuff. Cause I, that was one of the most interesting parts with the mysteries, you know, or the side quests. they were frustrating because there was no, you know, direction. Like it was, it was very vague sometimes, but they're also hilarious at times. You yeah. Know? There so, are some really good ones. Yeah. Yeah. That, and that's, I really did enjoy it. And, and, you know, if you, if you kind of just try to do it as organically as possible and just kind of, you know, let's say there's a side quest there and you're doing the main, just grab, you know, grab it, knock it out. That'll help you out a little bit, give you a little bit more XP. Maybe raise your level a little bit. It's, 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 I'll go back to it for that for sure. And then the, when the DLC comes out, I'll definitely jump back in and give it a shot. Um, then I'd be playing uh, Sackboy a little bit. Let's go. Uh, yeah. I'm, it's I'm about the game, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. This, yeah, for sure the game this time. Okay. Um, um, how far are you? Uh, not very far, like three levels in. Oh, no. You, yeah. Yeah. Trust not, me. If you th- if you think it's cool now, just give it a little bit more till you get to some of the fully like uh, music integrated levels. They're freaking yeah. amazing. I'm gonna have to. Yeah, that's gonna be my next one. I think I kind of push through, and then the Pathless, which I did the review for. Yes, is my game of the year, Woo. and it's 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 pushed Ghost of Tsushima to the side, which I couldn't. I didn't think was gonna happen. Shouldn't have been there even, anyway. But go ahead. It, Sorry. Well, you know I, that's you know tough coming from somebody that actually hasn't played the game <laughs> <laughs> so, but, you know it, it's 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 so good and i hate these kind of games i usually do i mean i don't like these you know slightly gimmicky you know kind of platformy games it's not really a platformer it's kind of open world running around doing stuff it, it's it's so good and it's not even like the story is amazing or that the the combat is amazing or it's like everything it does it does great you know it's like oh this is great oh this is great too story was great but it wasn't you know nothing comes out and 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 separates itself it's just a complete package and i I haven't had that much fun with a game i really thought as soon as i started playing i was like man i'm gonna put this game down in like 20 minutes and then i just kept going and going and going i was like man this game is awesome so good. It's 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 my review will go up here in either Monday ish or so. So it, it's it's definitely worth the time and definitely worth if you get it digitally, forty bucks. I mean, physically it's five fifty fifty bucks US. So I'm not sure why that's a thing, but it's forty yeah. right on PSN. Yeah, PSN it's forty bucks. Forty, yeah, and that physical yeah. is going to be fifty. I think they said that's a weird weird play there. Yeah, it, it's it, but. I think it's worth it, you know, and, and there's, there's, uh, I'm trying to platinum. It. it is not easy, you know, to, to platinum. It. It's not because there's no difficulty choices. You've got your basic, you know, one difficulty throughout the game. It's just some of the stuff they want you to do is going to be tough. So but I'm going to try and give it a shot because I'm really, you know, just, just running around. You basically run around, you know, with your bow and arrow, you hit these medallions. It gives you that boost and you're just flying everywhere. You know, then you've got an eagle. You jump. You hold. It's it's harder to 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 really put into words how good it is. Just the traversal part of it, and then the score. It's by the same guy who did Journey, uh, Austin oh, okay. Wittering. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. He, I hate. I mean, I, I, mean, I hate. I don't usually pay attention to, to like music. You know, I, if if it very rare times Killing. where it's like, oh man, that's really good implementation. Like in Red Dead Two, when yeah. you know with the, that one song when he's on Unpained. the horse. Yeah. Or un, un something. Un, un, yeah, on something. It was, <laughs> but it was perfectly intimate. This picture that, but 
throughout the entire game and mm-hmm. every situation changes where it's just, you know, if it's fast paced, if it's, you're kind of just kind of leisurely running around or if you're you know, a little bit slower section, it just really, if it jumps out at me for somebody that doesn't usually, you know, fan on the, that audio kind of stuff. I mean, it, it's, it's something to be, to be heard for sure. He did nice. a great job. So really enjoyed it. Now I just got to wait to see if cyberpunk comes out and it's coming. It. We'll see two what weeks. happens. Yeah. If cyberpunk is going to be in our hands in two weeks, it's hard to two believe. Two weeks. Hey, Joseph, oh, Pathos is not an easy <laughs> plat. Yeah, I saw it, Joseph it, ask if it's an easy plat. It's, 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 well, if you are not me, it might be a little bit easier, but there are some well, things that are that are pretty tough. Joseph already for, finished Demon Souls, so I think he's good. He he'll, should be fun. He's a little more competent, yeah, probably. probably. Yeah, well, everybody's a little more competent. <laughs> when it comes to playing games, compared to me. That's crazy. That's awesome, though. I'm, uh, yeah, the review will be up. We actually have it ready to go, but you know, because of Thanksgiving and everything, there, you know, the traffic and sites, at least here for US based sites, is pretty low right now. So we'll hit it up, uh, probably Monday, like Dan said, and you can check yeah, that out. Baby. But sounds, uh, sounds great. I, I want to pick if Cyberpunk wasn't coming in two weeks, I'd pick it up, but I know I, I'm just not gonna have time for anything else. So, yeah, anything else. Anything. Family, eating, going to the bathroom. (laughs) Well, Archimedes and I were just joking because um, I know for me, and he was saying something similar, is that as of December like 13th or 14th, I'm done for the year uh, Mm -hmm. into the first week of January. So it's my biggest stretch of time off of work uh, every year. So I love the timing of the Cyberpunk release. It's perfect. I imagine it would have come out when it was originally planned and we had to play Valhalla and Cyberpunk and everything in parallel. Um, No chance. No chance. Exactly. Yeah, that's why I didn't mind. So so any of you guys play Destiny? I tried it once. 15 minutes or so um, because (laughs) I had that that problem um, on the Xbox One X that I couldn't connect to the servers anymore. For three or four months now, they just wouldn't let me connect to the servers anymore. Wow. So I wasn't able to play it. I just wanted to see if it works for the Series X and Miracle. Here it works now. I can connect again and um, but I'm waiting for that patch um, on December 8th. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, I, I was just going to touch on it because I um, I played a ton of Destiny 1. In fact, I was in the beta for it. I played a beta, which was small, for like 35 hours or something with my stepson at the time, who was younger because Destiny's been around a while now. Um, but uh, Destiny 2, I played a little bit of the campaign and just dropped it. It just didn't do anything for me. So uh, I was waiting for the uh, update on December 8th as well. But my stepson, who is a Destiny fanatic, uh, now lives with us and um, he's kind of got me into playing it again and he's kind of helped me and so literally I've been playing it non-stop uh, it, along with some other things like Demon Souls but uh, yeah Destiny 2 um, I would tell anyone and I actually may write an article on this because I find it really interesting what they've done with that game uh, for someone like me who played it in 2014, 2015, and then left it and now is coming back five years later it's a very very interesting experience Um and what I find most interesting about it is how they've basically, it's not Destiny 2 anymore. It's kind of just Destiny. They've merged content from Destiny 1 and 2 into a singular game. Um, and it's it's very, very interesting. So if uh, if you enjoyed the gunplay and the mechanics of the game, which I think are stellar, that's, you know, it's Bungie. They've always been great at that stuff. And some of the world design, 
Um, maybe jump back in, give it a shot. And as you know, if you're a Game Pass subscriber, Destiny 2 and all of the expansions, including Beyond Light, which just came out, uh, are all included. I mean, it's all right there to play for free. Um, so we're not, you know, we always say for free, but you know what I mean. Um, so I've been, I've actually been enjoying that more than I thought I would. I still have my same complaints about the loot system and the way some things are. Um, but overall, it's been, it's been a lot of fun. Um, what else I was going to touch on? Uh, we've got Immortals next week, which releases. Uh, it's kind of the only other big release, I think, in December, right? Next to Cyberpunk. I'm, yeah. I, I'm really, I don't know about you guys. I'm still really confused at why they're releasing that next week. Yeah, me too. Uh, I, I, I would have saved that for January or February or yes. something like that. Um, yeah. they, ha- they just have two of the biggest games with Watch Dogs and Valhalla. And I mean, Cyberpunk is going to mean game over for everything else. <laughs> so yeah. it just doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah? Save it for one or two months in January. You have the spotlight. Yeah. Yeah, and it's a new IP, which already makes it a little tougher to launch because you're not established. Yeah. You're launching post the big, you know, Black Friday holiday here in the U.S., which, you know, it, the reason consoles and games like Call of Duty release before those dates is just because of the sales, right? Um, so you're getting people after that. And like you said, you're now a week before Cyberpunk 2. Uh, it just seems weird to me, especially when, you, as you said, you have Valhalla and Legion already out there. Um, and... Far Cry 6, which was supposed to be February, is now delayed. So that feels like it would give you that gap in the February timeframe to release Immortals. But I don't know. I, I'm, I'm curious to see how this turns out. From what I've played of it, I, I wasn't a huge fan. It's, I think it's a little more... Um, I don't know. I got to be careful with my choice of words here. I got yeah. to channel Phil Spencer. Get some... <laughs> um, no, it's. Uh, I was going to say cartoony slash um cutesy which is not a good word to use but it's it's got a kind of a goofy sense of humor attached to it um and it's definitely got an art style as you've probably seen from the gameplay but it's got an art style that's a little different so if you're the reason i bring it up is because if you're coming off a legion you're coming off assassin's creed games especially valhalla um this is going to feel a lot different and it to me it didn't feel the same as a odyssey it feels I don't know. It just feels different. So I hope it turns out well. I'm interested to see what they do with it. Um, Phasma is going to be reviewing that for us on the site. So um, she's going to be all over that one. And, uh, you know, we'll see how it turns out. But it'll be interesting. Seven. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Um, Yeah, I see some guys in chat talking about Call of the Sea as well, which is a a smaller release, you know, um, but it is one that they are promoting. It is coming. Uh, Remind me, guys, Game Pass Day 1 on that? Is that launching on Game Pass? Yeah, I think so. Sure. Okay. Um, But, yeah, that should be cool, too, and I think that's optimized for uh, series consoles out of the gate, too. So we'll see. But um, anyway, uh, guys, we'll go ahead and uh, let me just touch on a couple things upcoming here. So right now on the site, you've got the Call of Duty campaign review, which we touched on earlier. Dan Spider-Man, Miles Morales review is up as well. And you won't find a guy that I'm aware of who's a bigger Spider-Man fan who has played Spider-Man more than Dan. So I would take his opinion to heart. Um, And Dan, you gave that eight and a half. uh, Excellent game, but just a little too familiar. Yeah, that's pretty much it. I mean, it was just... I mean, it was still awesome, and I loved it, and I loved everything about it. Um, but, you know, I didn't run into any of the issues where you become like a street lamp or a brick. <laughs> you know, thankfully, yeah. you fall into a puddle, you know, which I still think is insomniac trolling people. 
um, from last gen. Uh, but great story in a very, very small package. Um, and they just did it incredibly well. Loved it. Mm. Loved every second. Sweet. Uh, Wise old gamer, I see him in chat asking about if it's uh, scratches the breath of the wild itch. So I'll probably, as I've mentioned before, but I'll probably make you unhappy here. But I am not a breath of the wild fan. Uh, I did finish that game, played it quite a bit, but uh, I'm I'm not a big fan of Breath of the Wild. So I'm right there with um, you. <laughs> yeah, it's in all, in all all seriousness for this generation. If we talk the last seven years, I feel it's one of the most overrated titles out of the whole generation. Yeah. Uh, so now I've just killed the rest of the audience, but we literally <laughs> have destroyed our entire audience. Audience in one show. It's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it does. It does have a more lighthearted play style, if that's what you're asking. As say compared to Assassin's Creed or Legion or you know any other other title. So you you may enjoy it. Um, what was I going to say? Uh, Mortals discussion. Yeah, that'll be coming next week. We'll touch more on Immortals because next week. We are doing a special show. So if you do listen to the show every week or tune in live, thank you. Next week is actually going to be three hours later, uh, 3 p.m. Central compared to noon Central we normally do. And that is because we're doing a five-year season gaming anniversary show. And to celebrate, we're actually bringing on all of the SG contributors today. Um, so Phasma will be on, Ela will be on, Steve, Carl, um, Elliot from Australia is going to be on, which is actually while we're moving why we're moving the time a little bit because it would have been 4 a.m. for him and that's kind of rough. Um, so anyway, it's going to be a, a really, really fun show next week. The biggest cast we've ever had and it's going to be more about just having a really fun discussion about a, a range of topics, not necessarily just the weekly news. Uh, we will also be doing some giveaways next week uh, as part of the show. So uh, if you, like I said, if you listen to this and uh, or you're watching, uh, please join us next week. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, like I said, uh, uh, 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern next week. So, uh, yep. excellent. So, Dan, we I actually just realized we forgot to just mention the giveaways. We have picked the giveaways. We'll do it on Twitter. We'll just put it up on Twitter. Yeah, so I we, think it, it's, it's Control Chris and Charles Barnes are the winners of the Toasty Stickers giveaway we did. Um, congratulations. They, you know, go check them out, guys. Uh, they just put up a bunch of uh, Series X stickers and 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 custom stuff. Uh, they've got a ton of PS5 stuff, PS4 stuff, Xbox stuff. I mean, you basically can customize whatever kind of skin that you want, and they're really reasonably priced. So, and they've got these little button mashers that you can put on your, you know, that are that'll you can customize those too. If you want a picture of your head on all your buttons, <laughs> you can do that. Whatever you want to do, it's pretty cool stuff. Um, but shout out to them for for providing this gift package, which uh, Charles Barnes won. So um, I will get in contact with him on Twitter and get them all set up, get his address. Uh, then I'll bring on the show next week and I'll give everybody his address. Not just joking. I'm not going <laughs> to do this. <laughs> but um, really check them out. Uh, flamingtoast.com. They are amazing. Great people to work with. And you know we're very, very fortunate for them to you know donate that to us. So Sweet. awesome. Perfect. All right, guys. So I know Asa, you uh, were we kind of timed this, I think, well enough to give you a little break here before you jump over to your own show here. So uh, quick shout out for Asa and the guys at Game On. Uh, their show starts in uh, about twenty five minutes or so. So uh, if you don't already tune into them on Saturdays, it's a great show to check out as well. And they've got some great guests today, including Luke, who's in the chat and one of our favorites as well. Um, so Asa, why don't you? Uh, other than that, why don't you tell uh, everyone where they can find you and Game On and the guys? 
Well, uh, yeah, first and foremost, gameondaily.com. That's the, the website. So it's um, news aggregation. We've got content from creators all over the web, all over the world. So you can come and check that and find some good ones. Uh, you can find me personally on Twitter, Xbox, PlayStation, and Acer underscore Game On Daily, just about everywhere. When I do get time to stream, um, yeah. you can find me there as well. It doesn't happen too often at the moment, but it will again soon. And yeah, thank you. Thank you for inviting me on the show. It was a nice chilled out one. <laughs> of course. No, it was a great conversation today, guys. I actually, um, in, in all sincerity, had a, a lot of fun talking through the topics today with you guys. So thanks for coming on. It won't be the last time, for sure. Archimedes, you're a regular already. Um, I know, like I always say, our audience already knows who you are and where to find you. But we do get a lot of listeners as well on the audio side. So let them know where they can check you out. Yeah, first of all, uh, thanks again for having me and congratulations on the five years. That's oh, thank awesome. It's awesome. Yeah, you can find me basically everywhere Twitter, Xbox Live, PlayStation Network, uh, and here, of course, here on YouTube at Boxenberger. Um, yeah, that's basically it. Simple enough. Simple, simple enough. enough. <laughs> so, thanks as always, guys. This has been episode 133. We'll see you next week for the five year show. Please join us, like I said. And, and just final reminder it's three hours later, so 3 p.m. Central next week. Until then, peace. Oh, Dan, I forgot the outro. Of course, you did. <laughs> it's like.